Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. I'm looking forward to this conversation. We're going to be spending time with CEO and co-founder of Territorium, Guillermo Elizondo. I really want to learn more about how we are applying AI and how we're looking at learning environments. And uh, Territorium has really exploded and a long history. So we want to dive into that. But servicing, I believe it's what, 9 million students, Guillermo? That's right. That's right, Rod. That, that's an incredible number. You just sort of step back. So you're obviously doing something right and not just something, but it sounds like many things your team is. Let's start with this. So we're going to, we'll get into the nuances of, of the company and sort of, sort of the, the offering in that regard. But I want to start with why work and serve in education for you? What, is the, what, what was the impetus for you as a professional uh, to get into this industry? Because I think it's very fascinating when you find out sort of why people get into this sector, because some people fear it, they don't know it, it's hard to understand. You've got incredibly long sales cycles and bureaucracy and others see that as an opportunity and they welcome the challenge. Sort of give us the background on why Territorium for you. That, that, that's right. So this, is, this has been the only industry I have been because uh, I started the company with my co-founder when I was in college. So the, normally people ask me about my background and I tell them, hey, this is my only job until now. So, <laughs> well, everything started in college uh, before, uh, before Territorium, in the last year of high school and the beginning of college, my co-founder and I uh, started a first company um, and a first product that was more about classroom collaboration and creating like uh, online education platforms. And we were growing that company while, while being in college in the first and second year. Um, however, while growing the company, we started traveling, we started not going to classes. Um, so in my, in my university, if you didn't went to classes, they failed you. So I was thinking, hey, what can we do about this? So one day I told my co-founder, um, we need to drop out. We thought we were like Bill Gates, you know, and we can drop out. Uh, we <laughs> you just needed to work out of a garage, right? You needed to find a garage. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And we needed to find a garage. So um, the thing is that that day um, I went with my mother um, and I told my mother, hey, mom, I'm dropping out. Uh, by that time, I still li live with my parents. So when I told her that, she told me, hey, if you drop out, forget about your last name. Forget about your last name? That's right. That's an incredible, st I, I, that's a first for me. That is very powerful. <laughs> it was very powerful. Um, and she was pretty serious because that day she put all my things on, on luggage and put it up outside and like, hey, you're going out of this house because you are not finishing college. And I was like, oh my God, mom, let me think about it. Um, and that night I started thinking, hey, we need to find a way to finish college and continue doing a company and doing a business and being entrepreneurs. So we looked for a meeting with the college president um, and we went to a meeting, like that was two weeks after. Um, and the college president, uh, we told him, hey, 
we're thinking of dropping out. This is what's happening. That, co- that our college was an initial customer for that first product that we developed. So he knew us. And, and he told us, for our surprise, he told us, hey, this college is transforming. Um, I think that Gerardo, that's my, the name of my co-founder, Gerardo and you, can be a pilot project for us. Uh, what about if you get credits for what you do in your business and your entrepreneurship? And I was like, oh, wow, I wanted to hug that guy, you know? Um, and that, that day he told us, I will just ask you something in return. You need to work this project with your faculty, uh, with your teachers, and also uh, with the dean. And you will help them on documenting everything on how you're going to show that you are developing the skills in your business and that you are getting the learning outcomes that you were supposed to get from your courses. Um, So that experience was amazing. Um, I always say that our teachers were like free consultants for our business. Uh, hopefully they don't charge me now, but, uh, don't check your email, (laughs) (laughs) right. (laughs) And, um, while doing that, um, we needed to create something that helped us to show and document that we will developing the skills. So, uh, for our need, we develop a very simple platform in which Gerardo and I were uploading like pieces of evidence that were mapped to learning outcomes from the courses. Um, and by doing that, then we thought, hey, this might be a product. Um, and then we started thinking about other students, like, hey, you don't only develop skills on courses, but only, but also on uh, your entrepreneurial activities, like our case, but maybe also on clubs or sports or other types of learning experiences. What about if we map learning experiences and help students show really who they are and the skills that they have developed? Um, So we decided to create a product around it. At the beginning, we called that product skills guide. Now we transformed it into CLR or comprehensive learner record. But basically what, what we started looking at that time is also that students were going to classes and they were going to university because they were thinking about getting a job or getting a better job or becoming entrepreneurs. So that was the the end purpose of going to college. So what we did is, hey, we are creating a lot of data by mapping learning outcomes, uh, mapping that to learning experiences. What about if we map that to job market requirements and start helping students understand how they are progressing towards the jobs that they want? So instead of having a transcript with grades and courses and credit hours, what about creating a full profile based on skills for the student? And in that profile, we can help the student compare themselves to multiple career pathways, and we can tell them, hey, this is your probability of success in this career, or this is your probability of success of getting this type of job and earning this amount of money. And also using the data to give them recommendations, like, hey, what about if you get this course, your probabilities increases in this percentage? And then also connecting them into jobs and connecting them, of course, into learning experiences to improve their profiles towards the job market. So that, that's basically how everything started. That's an 
I mean, the size of what you're talking about, I mean, throughout the years and the interviews that I've done, I've heard people that have attempted to tackle these challenges. And as you were talking, it made me think about the connective tissue, right? It's sort of, you know, how do we connect these elements? And in essence, your relationship, your team's relationship to data has to be incredibly deep to understand not only what you're looking at, but then how the application of that data to not only different types of students and skills, right? But then what does that data mean for that student, that individual? So it's got a little bit of personalized learning. It's got the AI to it. It's at any point throughout this juncture, have you felt the pressure of that, like the comprehensive nature of this? Because you could solve, right? You and your co-founder could have told the, the college president, well, we'll solve one, <laughs> one challenge. You know, you sort of took on an entire ecosystem. How have you as an entrepreneur handled that uh, sort of evolution where anxiety typically rides right alongside uh, entrepreneurs? How have you handled that as this has expanded? Yeah, right. And well, first, I think our anxiety was really helping the student, you know, and that made the, made us expand the problem and expand the platform into an ecosystem. Because really at the beginning, we started just like mapping the learning outcomes to artifacts, to showing evidence that you were progressing on those learning outcomes and skills. Um, but we were thinking, does, is this really helping the student? It's maybe helping faculty and helping the institution. But what about the student? How can we help the student navigate on, on all those possibilities? And that's where we were very anxious, right? Like, hey, how are we going to show students that instead of getting an A on math or an A on physics, really they are progressing on a, on a skill, but not only that, they are progressing towards getting a job. So that's, I will say that anxiety created us to grow our platform and create a full ecosystem for our users and really create value for the student that that I think that that's the, the main purpose on our side and of course once we do we're doing this now it's like of course sometimes it's like hey maybe we're directing a student into this pathway and maybe that was not the right pathway so what what we're doing is also always giving them the opportunity to compare themselves to towards all their careers like hey you are going through the software developer career pathway, why don't you take a look on business administration? Like completely different, but just take a look and, and test out how are your skills on that. So that students always have the opportunity to see other areas um, and not only one, but of course, when students decide something, uh, they will pursue that and we will see how they're progressing on their skills towards that types, those types of jobs. We're speaking with Guillermo Elizondo. He's the CEO and co-founder of Territorium. Uh, Guillermo, so take me into the, maybe there was a point in time you were, you know, you're sitting in a, in a conference room or paint the picture for when you recognized that your hypothesis collectively worked. When you went, we plugged in the right, <laughs> you know, the, the yellow went with the green and the red, and we, we now see that the data is lining up. Because I think a lot of people can start in education and say, you know, we've got a hypothesis that this is going to be fruitful uh, in the market. And sometimes those were right and sometimes were wrong. 
Was there a point in time when you said, you know what, this puzzle is coming together? And what was that like when you did it, I guess, energize you to say, my goodness, if we have the basis now proven, we can add to that? Like, what was that like for you? It was really the moment when we started seeing users engaged, you know, like when we started seeing students using our platform more than 30 minutes a day, that was like, oh my God, we are really solving the problem. Students are interested in this, you know, Um, they provide, you know, like the LMS and they provide you a portfolio and other stuff, but you only go there because they tell you to do it. Yeah, because um, you have to. You have to, that's right. Um, and and you, you don't spend time in there or you spend as, as less as possible. Like, hey, I need to upload my homework and you upload your homework and you go out. And in this case, we were seeing students using our platform, engaging, connecting, and, and seeing opportunities. So that's where we said, hey, we are doing the right thing. How do you keep ahead of the data or staying on top of the the relevance in real time of that data because job markets, skill sets needed. I mean, look, look what COVID did, right? It changed the industry probably permanently and forever in the ways in which we thought about skills that are necessary either now or in the future. So how is how do you approach that as a company? Is there sort of a, a spirit and a, a tenor of the approach when you think about integrating in new bits of information to make sure that the students have what is relevant. Yeah, that's right. So on our on our side, what we do is always go and scrap for the most or much amount of data from multiple job posting sites so that we can get like, hey, this is our job post. This is what they're asking for. Uh, getting as much partners as possible that can provide data um, and always looking into the market, hey, this is a new partner of data which we'll connect with and get their APIs so that what we provide to students is as much comprehensive as possible. Um, and that's that's basically what we do. Let's talk about the 9 million students. So what is the business model? Is it um, school districts? Is it, you know, is there a consumer model? What Tell us a little bit about Territorium and, and how you are now at a point where you have 9 million users. Yeah, so... Our business model is a software as a service. So we serve uh, institutions, universities, school districts, uh, governments um, that pay for for the use of our platform and also for analyzing the data of uh, how their students are really positioning into jobs. Um, we most of that those nine million users come internationally. They do. Um, so we 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 started. Um, and, and maybe by my accent, you might know, um, I, I'm from Mexico. So we started in Mexico and Latin America. A year and a half ago, we started in the U.S. What happened in Latin America is that we started seeing uh, governments uh, changing legislation for sending a budget to un- public universities uh, based on employability and based on uh, not on graduation rates. So when public institutions were looking, hey, we need budget. Now they were looking, hey, we need to position our students into jobs. So um, what happened is that our platform became a complete need for them. You know, it was like a proof point. That's right. That's right. 
And that's how we started growing. Um, we have, for example, one very big customer in Colombia uh, that is nationwide, that's 2 million students, uh, just in one customer. Uh, in Mexico, we have some customers with 500,000 students. Uh, you know, in Mexico, universities are, are pretty big on the public side. Um, and, and well, a year and a half ago, we started in the US. We started with a partnership with ETS, with Educational Testing Service. Um, as they are looking also to transform the way they assess students. Um, and we started first uh, collaborating with them with an assessment that's called Heighten and adding our value uh, through the Heighten assessment or Higher Education Outcomes Assessment. Uh, we're about to announce something else with them, but I can announce it now. We call that a tease in the business. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And that's how we started in US. Um, and now we work with multiple universities and school districts um, in the US also. Talk about the difference here in the US and the questions that you get from school districts. Are, are you finding that there's overlap with Mexico and Latin America in the conversations? I mean, maybe we call them the buyer, but in essence, are you hearing the same kinds of questions and, and or the same kind of needs? It's exactly the same needs. Uh, what we have found is uh, on one side, institutions are starting to be worried on showing the return of investment in education. Um, it's the same as we see in Latin America. Uh, in some cases in Latin America, you will find universities in some countries that are free. Uh, however, they are now pushed to get students into jobs. So the same thing you're seeing in the US. It's like, hey, we need that our students get a job so that they can see the return of investment on their education and on the loan that they took to, to get into university. So at the end, in the essence, uh, we're looking at exactly the same needs, um, showing value to students. And I think uh, COVID also accelerated this, you know, like uh, the, the universities are starting to see like, Enrollments are going down. They need to show more value to the student. And this is a way uh, or a solution for them uh, to show that to students. Take us inside the data. Are there lessons that you are learning as a company in analyzing the data sort of writ large at, when we think about students and the things that they're looking for, the trends? Uh, are they looking in different sectors? Is there something that we can glean from that data from a school or university perspective and even what we're offering? I would imagine if I was a university president and I would know, my goodness, most of our students are trending towards a sector that we, we don't exactly support, or maybe we need to build up on, that that would be fantastic information to make sure that the university is sort of in step with the students we want to serve. Right. So what, what we start, find, like one example, and I like a lot of this example, like uh, we start, started finding that a lot of students that were into technical degrees, you know, like engineering, were also getting a lot of jobs on administration, like in business. And that was very interesting. So, uh, for example, with some of our customers, we started providing that data and they started adding two or three courses related to business administration into the, uh, into the engineering uh, pathway so that students also be prepared for that. And it was also interesting because then you can like, I would call it like upsell the MBA for that student 
Um, so that, for example, that's a great example. Um, another example, and it's also related. Normally, we find that students go to a certain bachelor's degree and they end up in something else, uh, on another type of job that's not related. And you find that a lot, like on um, history majors or uh, not technical majors, you know, not engineering uh, or not business majors. And in that area specifically, we also provide the data to universities so that they start thinking what other types of courses they can offer them so that they can be more prepared towards the jobs that they're getting after. Let's close with this, Guillermo. What do you think the audience should take? I mean, what's, what is the, the moral of the story thus far with Territorium and, and maybe more poignantly you as, a, as an entrepreneur? What's, the, what's the, the moral of the story? Is it the young man whose you know, belongings were packaged up and put in luggage, uh, you know, searching for a last name uh, <laughs> that bet on himself? Um, what, what is the moral of your story, do you believe? I think the moral is that um, when we created this, my co-founder and I were students and we were worried as a student, what were our needs? Um, and we developed something for helping ourselves as students that now is helping millions of students. And, and, th and that's basically the moral is that uh, our solution is focused on helping the student achieve their goals and basically is, is getting the jobs that they are looking for. Well, I, I wish you all, it sounds like you don't need any uh, well wishes because you guys are off and running and have been uh, very successful. And I appreciate the point you just made there that it came from a good place, right? In the US, you know, a decade ago, all of a sudden we were getting so much more money uh, infused into the sector, especially from a technology perspective. And you had technologists that said, oh, we can convert to education. But I think there's something very different when, to your point, a student saying, my goodness, how do we understand how to better our own opportunities and those of our fellow student? If we think about how to apply what we know and we're talented in, and then a company is born. So uh, I think it's great. I think the story is fantastic. And just the, the visual imagery of what you were kind enough and transparent enough to share about your own perspective in being an entrepreneur and a student uh, and a lifelong learner. So we want to thank Guillermo Elizondo. He is the CEO and co-founder of Territorium. Uh, you can check out territorium.com. Uh, for more information, I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.